very long time. It looks like we have a new king of fantasy baseball. Welcome back, everybody, to the Going Live podcast. It is your host, Max Going, and today we are uh, that much closer to your draft season and draft season in general. And just a just to start off this show, I just want to apologize. This should have been done probably last week, to be honest with you. So uh, we will make sure to finish this content up, the pre-draft rankings. Outfield 1 today, this is episode Outfield 1. We'll be doing 1 through 15, Outfield 2, 15 through 30. Then we got some Outfield sleepers that we want to talk about along with some DH slot slots that, <clears throat> you know, you might have a, a league that has some requirements for positions, some position eligibility um, minimums. And, you know, last year some DH guys not only didn't have a full season, obviously, but some of them got hurt. So you might have a situation where you're looking at, at only available at the utility slot. So that will be um, not the majority of the show, but we will we will go over it because there are some players on there like Stanton and Cruz and Jordan Alvarez that, that definitely need to be talked about. So um, it will be you know 10 minutes or so, but we will be definitely getting to those utility-only guys no doubt about it. So, before we do get started, um, UFC 260 is this weekend. Obviously, the big news is the uh, Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky fight has been postponed due to COVID-19 protocol. And, you know, that sucks. That is, that's a big, big loss for the card. Still have the heavyweight championship on the line in the main event. So, we are going to try and get a kicking it with Kyle Dunn by Saturday, but no promises. Okay, so our apologies on that. We have a few things. I have a few things in my life that I need to figure out before I can promise one of those episodes. So if we don't get it done, we'll see you next time. No doubt about it. 261 will be a good card as well. So let's get right to it. We got a lot to talk about. We have some really good players to talk about, and so I, I don't want to... Uh, waste any more time because I got a lot of a lot of talking to do today. Got a couple a couple episodes to get through. So let let's get right to it. And um for the first time in a long time for the for the first time in a very long time, uh there's a a new king in fantasy and it's pretty unanimous throughout the whole community and the uh, the fantasy uh analysts. Ronald Acuña Jr., you know, he is the new Mike Trout Maybe, you know, maybe not that good, but in terms of ceilings, I think Acuna definitely has the highest ceiling in all of baseball. And look, you know, Mike Trout, we've we've come so used to his plate discipline, his power, his speed, and the combination of everything that he does at the plate. Um, we've we've become so used to hit him being just the top guy every single year, every single year, every single year. But, you know, Ronald Acuna legitimately has 40-40 potential. And, you know, Mike Trout never stole more than 33 bases in his in his career in a season besides his second season where he had 49. Um, and then the, the second highest total, total is 33. You know, Acuna's already had 37. And so I 
definitely expect him to to continue to run like this until we see some sort of drop off or some sort of pullback by management. Um, you know, the 40-40 scenario for Acuna is very doable, and I think he's really the only player in all of fantasy that has that ceiling. I mean, you know, Trey Turner will steal 40 probably, but can he get to 40 home runs? Uh, it's just probably not going to happen. So Ronald Acuna, I mean, obviously in 2020 he had a great season. Two, the, the, the batting average was a little bit down to 250, but I think that's the absolute floor you're looking at for Acuna, 250. That, and if he hits 250 and he still hits 40 home runs and steals close to 40 bags, he's still the best player in fantasy. And so, you know, the 2019 season that he had, 280, 127 runs, 41 home runs, 101 RBI, 37 stolen bases while getting on base, three, uh, 36% of the time pretty much. You know, that that is... That's around the season that you can expect. I think that the runs are going to be there and probably lead the league in that lineup the way that he he will probably lead off. And with the with the bats behind him, man, he's going to be scoring a lot of runs. So I don't I don't see why he can't go, you know, 125, 45, 110, 40 stolen bases. I mean, honestly, while hitting around 275. So Acuna, you know, he is my favorite player, so there's a little bit of bias, but I definitely think that when you take a look at the top four, okay, we'll, we'll discuss them right now. You got Yelich on the outside looking in, unfortunately, but you look at the top four. You got Acuna, you got Betts, you got Soto, you got Trout. Fantasy-wise, you know, if you miss out on Acuna, the best next option as of right now, is Mookie Betts. And that's going to be an unpopular opinion for some, especially Mike Trout stands. They're going to pick him number one overall every year, no matter what. That's okay. That's understandable. Uh, but Mookie Betts is definitely the number two guy. And so he'll hit around 300, more than likely. He's done it most years in his career. There's probably only one year, yeah, maybe one year, 2017, 264, other than that, he's been the 290s or above 300 range. So Mookie Betts, the 300 average you can pretty much bank on. And in the Dodgers lineup, man, 120 runs is definitely not out of the question. He's done it a few times. And he's done it, you know, actually majority of his career. He's had 120 or more runs. So you can bank on that. And the home runs is really where this this kind of gets separated. I mean, the stolen bases are definitely not going to be 40. He's he's only hit 30 once in his career, and he's already at already at 28 years old. Sorry, but he's 28 years old, and so you know I'm looking at probably 15 to 20 stolen bases for for Mookie Betts, and 25 to 35 home runs for Mookie Betts. So again, the ceiling um, is not as high as Acuna. But the best part about Mookie Betts is he's he's a very, very safe pick, especially in L.A. Um, not only is he a safe pick, but he's a reliable and durable player. 650 at-bats every single year since 2015, and except for 2018. So only one year where he didn't have 155-plus games and 650-plus at-bats. So, you know, he plays every day. 
and he he really doesn't take off days many times. He's had 700 plate appearances or more three times in his career. So the dude just loves to play baseball, and he's very good at doing it. So, you know, there's really not much to debate. It's really just the stolen bases and the power. You want average, Mookie Betts is your guy in the points league. Uh, you could argue that he's better just due to the fact that his strikeout percentage and his, his walk percentage is so elite. We were talking, you know, 14% with a 10% walk rate. So Mookie Betts, if you're looking at the whole whole package, you're getting five five contrib uh, f- excuse me, five category contribution. No doubt about it. You're just you know you're not going to get elite power and you know you're not going to get elite stolen base production. That's that's not a knock on him. You're going to get very good everything. And that's why we like Mookie Betts. Everything you get for Mookie Betts, you can get, except for the stolen bases, from Juan Soto. And this one, for me, is a tough call. Juan Soto or Mike Trout. And, you know, they're probably, at the end of the day, the two best hitters, specifically hitters, in baseball. And unfortunately, the stolen base category is so useful especially in rotisserie style, that you know, they, they have to find themselves on three and four on this list. But, man, Juan Soto is a very special player. And so Mike Trout usually doesn't see himself behind anyone, let alone three people. But I'm very confident in, this, in, in these rankings because you just cannot disregard the fact that he let all – he led all of baseball in OBP, slugging, OPS, w- runs created plus, batting average. I mean, he won the NL batting title, the Silver Slugger, 200 plus runs created. I mean, that that is I'm sorry, 200 plus weighted runs created. That is insane. <laughs> if you don't know much about advanced stats, that pretty much just indicates that he was the most productive player in baseball. So, you know, in terms of, of getting runs in. So the stolen bases, he the reports are he wants to steal more, and that's a report, and, you know, that's what spring training's for. He worked on his agility and his speed and his, uh, his sprint speed in the offseason. So I do think that you're going to get more than 10, Definitely. I mean, he had six last year. He had five his rookie year, and he had twelve the his full his first full season. So, if he's working on sprint speed and he's working on agility, I don't think that fifteen stolen bases out of the question. And you know, with that being said, I still think that Mookie Betts and Ronald Acuna Jr.'s ceiling for stolen bases are just going to be higher. So. If you're in a points league and you're punting saves, or I'm sorry, you're punting steals, you're not really caring about steals, you know, Juan Soto should legitimately be considered as the number one pick. That's how good he is as a hitter. And, you know, with the addition of Josh Bell, it could legitimately increase his run ceiling as well. So, you know, if he runs more, he's going to be even more valuable. And, you know, the prodigy is starting to become – not starting. He, he he has arrived as as a pillar of the future of baseball. So, you know, Mike Trout is unfortunately fourth on this list, but 
You know, we still expect an MVP season. And at the end of the day, if you're not playing with a bunch of, of Angel fans, <clears throat> you know who I'm talking about. Uh, and if you if you don't play with a bunch of Mike Trout fans, you know, Mike Trout at five, I will take I will be glad to take that. Absolutely thrilled to have Mike Trout at five. Now, there's a good chance that he doesn't last that long, to be honest. Just based on name. And, and and reputation alone, Mike Trout can be a top three player in any draft you do. So, you know, just be aware that if you're picking fifth, definitely have a plan B. Definitely have a plan B. But as of right now, his ADP is fifth overall. And, you know, the one stolen base is where it kind of turns for me. You know, one stolen base last year. I think he had 11 the year before. And then 24 the year before that. So slowly but surely kind of declining. But with that being said, he can still get to 20. So as I said, Mike Trout, you know, he's the LeBron of, of baseball, and he will always be MVP talk. He will always be in the discussion of best players in the league. So at the end of the day, if you get him at number five, you could you can definitely roll with that, no doubt about it. So let's move on as we discuss – uh, the former, you know, top three player in baseball, and that's Christian Yelich. And hmm, this one's interesting. This one's very interesting because you have Acuna, you have Betts, you have Soto, you have Trout, and that they just the way they've been playing the last two years, you just think, you know, well, yeah, those are the top, you know, those are the top four outfielders, no doubt about it. But let's not forget about Christian Yelich, and so. You know, if I'm in a league and I have the opportunity to pick, you know, if I know that I'm not getting a top five pick, I'm in a 12-team league, uh, there's a good chance that I go to 12 or go to even maybe 11 and and go with Christian Yelich because at the end of the day, I know I say that a lot, I, I apologize, it's my go-to phrase, but legitimately, you, you, you could be talking about Christian Yelich in that group that we just discussed next year. That There's... there's just, it's just as probable that Yelich is the MVP than than any of these guys. So, you know, let's not forget about Yelich. His 2020 can be, for the most part, forgotten about. I think you can wipe the wipe your hands of any any memories of Christian Yelich in 2020, and just remember him for what he was in 2019 and before, because you know he's a guy who walks. 10 to 13 percent of the time he walked 18 percent of the time okay that's just not you know and then he struck out around the 20 percent mark every single season every single season of his career then he strikes out 30 percent of the time i mean these numbers are just not only in characteristic uncharacteristic of yelich as a player in general but you know it's not even being accounted for in the adp I mean, if people really thought that there's a possibility of Yelich striking out 30% of the time in 2021, he'd be a third-round player. You know, he'd be a, a, a um, maybe even a fourth-round player with that type of strikeout percentage. With an on-base percentage that dropped almost 70 points from the year before, I mean, he still he wouldn't be at 12. And, and so at the end of the day, they're factoring in a little bit of his 2020 season, but 205 in 2020, and now he's going in the first round in a 12-team league. 
uh, you can pretty much assume that no one cares. You know, the Stephen A. quote, you know, we're here to tell you we don't care. We don't care. Yeah, that that's pretty much Christian Yelich for me. Um, I'm thrilled with him at 12, and I, I – I do think that the big three starting pitchers of Bieber, De, uh, DeGrom, and Cole should definitely be drafted in the first round. But excuse me, but I'm not, uh, I'm not opposed to even reaching a little bit for Christian Yelich at the ten mark or the nine mark, depending on what happens in the draft. Um, I honestly would not uh, be opposed to, to drafting him above Trey Turner. So, you know, I think 2019, juice ball and all. 329 average, 44 home runs, 100 RBIs, 100 runs in 130 games. I mean, that was before the injury happened. So <laughs> he was on pace for an MVP again. And um, I really think it can happen again. He really should not be out of the top 10. And it's uh, it's worthy to know that the, the fractured kneecap definitely hinged his, his stolen base ceiling. But it's been a full year, pretty much, almost more, since that's happened. And the mental side of that has maybe worn off for Yelich. So 40 home runs, 30 stolen bases is not out of the question. Let's move on to a man who, you know, he's got a couple MVPs as well. I think he only got one, but that's Bryce Harper. 2015. MVP, and ever since, you know, he's been he's been worse, definitely, but not by much, not by much, and that's why he he finds himself so high on our list. You know, remember when Harper won the MVP, three thirty average, forty two home runs, ninety nine RBIs, twenty percent strikeout rate, nineteen percent walk rate. You know, ever since he's been. A very good player. And, you know, Elite is probably, he's probably the first name that gets cut out of the Elite conversation. He's probably a top, you know, in terms of top 15 players in baseball, he's probably 16th. And that's, you know, not not, not a knock on him, but it's almost um, a compliment in terms of fantasy. Because you know exactly what you're going to get with Bryce Harper. Ever since 2015, he's averaged 267 around that, 95 runs, 30 home runs, 96 RBI, and 13 stolen bases. And 2020 was even pretty similar. So, you know, 268, 41 runs, 13 home runs, 33 RBI, 8 stolen bases, great walk percentage, great strikeout percentage. So, you know, he's going to get on base. Definitely he's going to get on base. And if you're playing an OBP league, I definitely think that Bryce Harper's um, value goes up, not just a little bit, but by a substantial amount. And you know, he's, in, he's around the 400 range pretty much every single season. So he's definitely getting on base a lot. But what I love the most is that he's averaged from 2016 to 2019, he's averaged – 190 runs plus RBIs. And if you take his 2020 and average those numbers out to 150 games, which is 
around the average that he plays every single season. Um, the RBI plus runs in 2020 averaged out is 190 on the nose. Legitimately exactly 190. So, you know, he's still 28 years old. He still has, technically, he still has room to grow. He's technically just entering his prime of his athletic career right now. So, the the floor is what you're paying for. 100%. That's what I love about Harper. He's so consistent that you're paying for the floor. And so he could have a great season and and you know eclipse that second round value into first round talent, but if he doesn't, you know you're still looking at 190 RBI plus runs and you know 30 plus 30 plus home runs. So you know, and, and probably around 10 to 15 stolen bases. So there's a lot to like about, about Bryce Harper. No, he is no longer a top 10 player in fantasy, but I would I would not go out of my way to target Bryce Harper. But if he's there at 17 and I'm picking in the two slot or if I'm even picking in the middle of the draft and I get a, a, a big three starting pitcher like Bieber or, or Cole, Harper's a great way to start the team. Definitely a great way to start the team. The risk is minimal, and the uh, the price tag, as I said, is really not that bad. So after that, you kind of wait a little bit to the next outfielder, and that is Marcelo Zuna. As of right now, 44 off the board overall. And he was, in terms of pure hitters, he's one of the best in the game. And at this point, you really should not be expecting, I guess, anything from the stolen base category. It's unfortunate, but I th- I'm pretty confident that. I mean, uh, he's had he's had multiple seasons with one or or less stolen bases, and he's had, yeah, yeah. I honestly think zero stolen bases for Azuna is a very probable outcome. But besides that. 60 games last season, 338 through 38 runs, 18 home runs, 56 RBI. I mean, just incredible numbers. It's definitely in the MVP category or the MVP conversation. And he still, you know, out of everything that he did in 2020, the thing that stands out the most to me is improvement in the hard hit percentage. A lot of good contact from Marcelo Zuna and... You know, shortened season. I definitely understand how it's 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 able or it's you know possible that it just goes up a few, but 53, almost 54 percent on the hard hit percentage. So, you know, he was crushing the ball, and you know it's improved the last three seasons. So, yes, it's a shortened season, but 44 in 2008, 48 in 2019, and then 53.8 in 2020. That's improvement in my eyes. And he's still young enough where this can continue to trend upwards. 30 years old, you know, I can see another very similar season. And then you look at the line drive percentage. He's still hitting the ball where he needs to hit the ball. And, you know, going up from 18 to 23 the last three seasons. So, you know, we like Marcelo Zuna a good amount. And, you know, I I think it's pretty... Pretty expected that his 2020 is not achievable again. 
the the RBI total, the per game RBI total. I mean, 56 in 60 games, that's like 150 RBIs in a normal year. It's obviously not very uh, likely, but you know, the ceiling of a first round talent is still there for sure. And you know, it's weird. You have some guys who are getting their 2020 factored into their their overall ADP, and some that are just flat out aren't. And, you know, if you look at Marcelo Zuna's 2019 of 29 home runs, 80 runs, 89 RBI, and 12 stolen bases, that would look more along the lines of 44th overall pick. But then he goes and he's the best the best outfielder in, in baseball, and he pretty much doesn't move. So, Alec Ozuna, I think, is a, another great example of paying for the floor and so when you're paying for the floor for the most part the risk is very minimal and that's that's a a a good thing about Marcelo Zuna is that in that lineup you know with those bats around him a lot of good things can happen and I fully expect them to happen for Marcelo Zuna good season coming up for the Braves in general and uh, that's going to be led by the uh, the power bat of Ozuna 44 over overall off the board good value if you especially if you go starting pitcher heavy the first three rounds uh, that's a good way to start let's move on to our next guy on this list that's Nick Cassianos man he is one of our favorite players and uh, uh not a lot of not a lot of our players we target we want you know we usually go with the flow of the draft see where it takes us but Nick Cassianos is a guy that I want in every single league and you know, his ADP of 84 is just the paying for the floor there is almost almost an understatement. I think you're paying for like his bottoming out season. Honestly, I really do believe that one of the best values in all of fantasy baseball. The 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 thing I love the most is obviously he's going from a hitter's park or a pitcher's park in Detroit a few years ago to now. Um, if not the best hitters park besides Colorado in all of baseball. So great American small park is what the nickname is by some people. And I think that he takes full advantage of that. As a as a team, the Reds were very unlucky. I mean, the worst BABIP in the league by a, a good amount. And it was no different for Cassianos. His, his BABIP was 80 points below 2019. 337 to 257. It's just not it's just not going to happen again. He's never done that in his career. That's the lowest of his career by far. A 257 BABIP. And now you're paying for it. That's fine. I mean I I I am completely okay with that. The batting average will come back up. It's not going to be a 225 average as I said. With an unlucky BABIP comes an unlucky average. And he still hit the cover off the ball. 14 home runs, 37 runs, 34 RBI. Um, the strikeout percentage was up a little bit, but you average that out to 150 games, you're talking 92 runs, 35 home runs, 85 RBI. So even in his most unlucky season, he was still pretty pretty productive. And you know, we really think that he eclipsed not only his projected stats, but his ADP by a few rounds. And uh, he is the first guy off the board that we're willing to take 
a full round, one full round ahead of his ADP. That's how confident we are in Nick Castellanos. Now, next on this list is a, is a very interesting one, and that is Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker, 39 ADP. You might be wondering why. You might be. You might even be wondering who this is. He is a new guy, Kyle Tucker, the uh, top prospect for the Houston Astros for quite some time. Uh, now he will not only get his chance, but he will definitely be starting in right field for the Houston Astros. And, you know, stolen bases, I will say it once, I will say it a million times, they are so valuable in Roto specifically that it will shoot you up the draft boards, especially if you have a decent bat. And that's what Kyle Tucker brings to the table. He's got a very decent bat with a good potential at stolen bases. You know, 2020, not out of the question, no doubt about it. His his, um, his 2020 season was a 268, 30, 33 runs, 9 home runs, 42 RBI, 8 stolen bases, while only striking out 20% of the time and getting on base of an on-base percentage of 325. So, you know, he's a young guy, but he's not uh, he's not unproven. He, he only has 108 games in his career, but that's they're not bad. You know, 14 stolen bases, 13 home runs in 108 games. So that's pretty good. You average his 2020 out to 150 games. You're, you're looking at legitimately 100-plus RBI potential, 2020 potential, and it's impossible but it is impossible to overlook the fact that he hasn't even played 150 games in his career. So, you know, he's going to start. He's going to play every day for Houston. But if you don't believe in the overall production long-term for a full season, it's totally understandable. But just be aware that he's probably, like, actually the last player on the list that's being elevated solely based on stolen bases. I mean, if you look at Bo Bichette, you look at all these young guys that are way up these draft boards because of stolen bases, uh, Kyle Tucker's probably last on that list at 40 overall, uh, 39, excuse me, overall ADP. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, you, you either trust him or you don't. It's pretty simple. Um, the obvious question is durability. And, you know, we won't be targeting him, but if he falls a few rounds, uh, it's a no. It's really a no-brainer, to be honest with you, because someone has to play right field in in Houston, and someone has to hit in the in the in the heart of that order. Uh, I think Kyle Tucker will definitely be doing that for 150 games in Houston. Now, outfielder, very very talented position, a lot of talent, and because of that, some guys are getting forgotten. And uh, that's Eddie Rosario, to uh, to be more specific. Eddie Rosario, 122. He will be the last one on this episode as we will push the last five guys to the next one. But can anyone give me a reason why he's, he's so low? I mean, outside the top 100, outside the top 120, for what reason? For what reason? He was one of the most productive of uh, players in all of fantasy. The last few years, not just from the outfield. So th- this one really, you will see this every year. There is one player that is criminally, criminally underrated in their ADP. I think Eddie Rosario falls 
into that category this year. Um, the last four seasons, okay, bear with me. did a little bit of math. I'm not good at math, so maybe this is doesn't even make sense. But the last four seasons, 143, 100, uh, 483 games, 288 runs, 98 home runs, 306 RBI, and, seven, uh, and 23 stolen bases. Okay? Average that out to 150 games. We're looking at, you know, 90 runs, 90-plus 90 RBI, 30 home runs, and 7 stolen bases. So, all while hitting around 275. Not only has he been productive, but he, his average is actually really good. 257 last year was eh. But I really do like Eddie Rosario, and I do think that you're getting uh, a really good value at 122. Um, there's a good chance he's my first outfielder that I take, honestly. And along with Mikey Stremski, guys like that, if you're going for the fact that outfielders have so much talent, you can definitely wait. Eddie Rosario is a great example of that. So not only is he undervalued, but he's moving to Cleveland where he's been so good. Excellent is a is a word that, that describes it. Cleveland, at Cleveland in his career, 91 games, 371 plate appearances. He's hitting 300 with 55 runs, 22 home runs, 47 RBIs, and four stolen bases. So, and, and to add to the list of reasons... Uh, that that's you know obviously not a coincidence, but you can't take that just can't factor just that. You're not going to oh well in Cleveland, so he's going to be an MVP. No, I'm just letting you know he likes Cleveland. He hits pretty damn well in it. And then to top it all off, he's got really good play discipline and 14% strikeout rate last year, last two seasons, and an OPS around 800 the last four years. So I think that he is a perfect outfield two or outfield three. Yes, I said, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't mind starting him as my first outfielder. Um, more than likely, he, he, he winds up as the number two or number three guy. So uh, that will do it for outfielder one. And unfortunately, as I said, these guys are so good. I have a lot to say about them. Uh, we only got through ten. So... Whatever that means, we'll figure it out. But thank you guys for tuning in. Next on the list, outfielder two, 10 through 20, 10 through 25, hopefully. Um, if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that part two is already out. So go check that out. Uh, and if it's not, it's on the way. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Peace.